Hello, friend. Welcome to Almost Cancelled. I'm Peter, and this is Connor. Hey, everyone. We're going to talk about Mr. Robot Season 2, Episode 2. It's the second part of the double premiere. It is Eps 2.0 underscore, I'm simplifying this, Unmask, Part 2.tc. And uh, full spoilers, of course, um, as we always do. Now, before we even get to specifically stuff that was in this episode, there's a very popular theory on the internet right now about what's going on, and I'm inclined to agree with it. Now, I think we both noticed elements of this when we watched the first half, but yeah. when someone actually sort of pointed them all out together, it was kind of like, oh, oh, interesting. It was interesting because before he said something, I actually just, I thought that was the situation, like in, in the first episode. Yeah, and yeah, but then it showed you his mom, and it showed you... Before he said it was his mom, I actually thought, because I didn't remember who she was, I didn't remember what she looked like, I don't know, like, because we only saw her a little bit, really. Yeah, we saw her in flashbacks, but we didn't see her in present day. Like, I'm not even sure if she's alive in present day. Like, that, that was my first thought. Wait, I thought she was dead. Like, that was my, my first thing. Um, yeah. So the, the the popular theory is is that Elliot is actually in prison or a mental hospital. I'm inclined to think a mental institution. I'm inclined to go more towards that as well. But I think he has slightly more freedom than a prison would allow. But there's a lot of evidence to support this. Um, the reason why I would say that prison's still a possibility is mainly the uh, the visit that Gideon get, has with him. That felt more prison-like to me than a mental hospital. Perhaps. But I don't know. Have you ever been to a mental hospital? Sorry? Have you ever been to a mental hospital? Well, no, but I've never been in a prison either. I'm just going what I've seen on TV. Well, I'm saying I've been in a mental institution and like it's it's similar. Like they keep you all separated and stuff still. No, yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's the prison visit thing with Gideon, and it's very prison-like. They sit across the table as if they're being separated by something. The way Gideon looks around to his mom as if she's a prison guard is there. The uh, the regiment, the having meals at the same time, the rec time in the the courtyard with the basketball. It's the same guy. He has every meal with like they're on the same schedule. Yeah, there's a lot of evidence to support this. I think this. it was immediately, for me, I thought he was in one because before I realised it was supposed to be his mum, I thought she was a guard because she comes in and wakes him up and he has a slide door, like a prison cell, rather than... I mean, I know you get houses with slide doors, but they're uncommon. Hmm. So when she opens it and then like wakes him up and tells him it's time. And then she does it again at night, she closes the door. Hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of lot of things in there to support that. Now, I'm inclined to go more with mental hospital, especially after seeing the second half. Yeah. Um. But all all that stuff is there. Now, the second half introduced a lot of other things that really supported this for me. Um, namely, the guy with the dog. Uh, his name's Ray. His name's Ray. There you go. Um, he's a guard. Yeah. Or an orderly, or whatever you know. It's it's he comes in and. What's what's the friend's name? Can you remember? Leon. Leon, right. And he says he he says yes, sir. He calls him sir, and then everyone moves away. Yeah, everyone moves away. The way he has, he seems to have power to sort of come and go as he wants. I don't know if like a guard in a mental hospital would have a dog, but maybe he does. Like, it doesn't seem that unfeasible that they might have a dog with the patrolling the outside area. I think it would be likely, even perhaps slightly more likely to have a dog. In a mental institution, because dogs are companions, they provide 
emotional support for a lot like people have them for that reason a lot mm. of people do anyway so I can see them having one to keep people at ease yeah um, so that's there and not he only also, that he, he also knows about Elliot and his past with computers yeah he knows about Elliot's past with his computers but also when he comes back to see him the next day any references speaking to him the night before, which we immediately go, oh shit, he spoke to the other personality, spoke to Mr. Mm -hmm. Robot, because Elliot doesn't remember this. That implies to me that he has freedom to maybe go to his cell at night. Like, he has the ability to go there. Yeah. Um, and I, that, that, that was just sort of all clicking together for me. Um, and that was making sense. Um, still, though, the one thing that goes against any of this is in the first part, when Gideon's there, you at least seem convinced that that apple peel is still on the table for real. I don't understand why it would linger on it if it wasn't. D see, I, you... I'm not necessarily convinced it is because I don't understand why you'd have a knife. Because like, in a mental see, institute, you'd never have a knife. I get that, but why linger on the apple peel as if it is there? Like, everyone's gone, the scene is empty, and then it focuses in on this on the table. Elliot's gone now. We're not. We're not filtered through his perception, as we've seen in these two episodes, where when he's not around, unlike season one, where it was still kind of filtered through his perception. This time they say E Corp instead of Evil Corp. We know it's not filtered through him. So why is that still there? But why does he have a knife if he's in an institution? I don't know. I, I, that, that's the question. So, but there, there was one other piece of information in this episode that made me think that he's there as well. Go on. Angela has his fish. <laughs> I didn't recognise the fish, but fair play. I'm pretty sure it was the fish, because it, it, it does the close-up on it. It's like, it looks like the same sort of fish. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Angela but... has his fish. Actually, also supporting this theory is that uh, Darlene in the first half when someone brings up Elliot and she sort of like awkwardly says, well, he isn't here. Like, that kind of ties into where he might be right now. Uh, so, now the theory's looking good, which is interesting. I think it's a very fascinating theory. I think it's a really interesting and dark way to open the season. I also makes me wonder what else have they got cooking? Because last year, everyone figured out the main part of the twist, but yeah. they threw out something completely different that none of us saw coming. So... I'm deeply curious as to what else is cooking here this season. Uh, obviously, the episode ends with him getting a phone call, seemingly from Tyrell. See, it's not that he, uh, it wasn't that he was getting a phone call; he was making the phone call. He just didn't. He just. It wasn't him doing it. Okay. Well, I think it's a key difference because receiving a phone call is Tyrell's in control, whereas this was Mister Robot was in control, and then he allowed Elliot to hear alright I didn't notice that I didn't get that well because well because we we end with it cuts from Elliot's running through the street he's run away from the the, the guard right okay yeah. and he he stops and then it cuts to him on the phone like he's lost time and he looks confused and he says who's there we don't see it ring we don't see him dial but he's just holding it already, and the phone's already live. So I, I, I was under the impression that he'd lost control to Mr. Robot, and Mr. Robot had rung. Tyra. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. 
The only thing this does do is tell us that he's not dead. Tells us he's not dead, although we kind of got that impression anyway, but unless someone else is sending his wife the stuff, because we see her in this half of the episode, yeah. and she gets a phone, she's still up to her kinky games, um, and we see that the guy who used to work for Tyrell's currently working for her is her chauffeur or bodyguard person, and that's that's pretty much her thing. She's still doing what she does. Still uh, being a bit terrifying. Yeah, still being terrifying. Gideon, poor Gideon, uh, we see him with the FBI briefly, and they introduce a character who we're clearly going to get more of, A, because she's got a poster, <laughs> and B, because we get this long scene of introducing her in the, uh, in the shop. So that tells us that, okay, we need to know who this person is. We're going to be coming back to her. Uh, along the way um, she doesn't have much to do in this episode other than get introduced but we're obviously going to see more of her uh, but Gideon of course he is at a bar and this guy comes up to him it seems like he's flirting at first Yeah. Uh, but I don't know about you but as soon as he said tomorrow I'm going to be a hero I knew what he was going to do yeah that's like oh shit yeah he's, he's about to murder him and he did and it was brutal and there was blood pouring out of his neck and the poor bastard is dead uh, very visceral scene uh, which also mentioned the opening scene because obviously the last the first half ended with this ransom demand five point nine million dollars to be delivered to this location. He goes out there, and I thought this scene was really well done. There was a nice bit of suspense as he was looking around, trying to see if anyone was coming. Uh, the song that was playing, sort of like just somewhere in the scene, like it wasn't like over the score. It was you know yeah, a, it was a, like someone had it on like a, a street radio sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, it was or maybe it was like a. I don't know, like an outside like, shop somewhere like nearby yeah. that had it playing or whatever. And uh, I thought this was really interesting. The way the guy comes up and makes a delivery, who obviously doesn't know what he's doing, he's just been paid to, come to deliver a, a bag. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, I can, and as soon as like he pulled out the mask, I got what this was. This was like a, a visual demonstration. You're going to do something symbolic here. It wasn't about us getting money. It was about making you do something you know, that would be on the news and look... Have a message to it, you know. You you wear the F Society mask, you burn the money. Uh, and I thought that scene was a really nice way to introduce into the second half. Uh, and I also like the shot of Darlene watching as well. It was a nice thing. She's yeah. just in the crowd, like, and no one would know. Yeah. We went also a long time without Elliot saying anything. It was a good, like, the first quarter of this episode before Elliot was there or addressed us or anything. Well, that's something that I I think happened more as the first season went on, and certainly now in season two it's happening as well, is we can be away from his perception for a long time. We can be yeah. with other characters. Darlene, Angela, uh, especially, they can carry their own stories now. Yeah. It doesn't need to be from his point of view. So I think that makes for interesting stories. I mean, Darlene obviously was more of a first half uh, character, whereas Angela, of course, we get more of her in the second half. Yeah, definitely. And... Her character's interesting. I thought, first of all, uh, USA Network is allowing F-bombs. They're not, they're not muting them anymore. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, they're just doing it. I think that's really weird. That's a really weird thing about the US's TV rules is that it's not like an actual rule that you can't have an F-bomb on basic cable. It's just implied that you shouldn't. Could it have anything to do with the fact that this second episode would be on a bit later? No, I'd have a watershed. They're not? No, they just flat out don't have that. Oh, okay. That's weird. Never mind. Yeah, their rules are completely different to the UK's. Okay, forget that. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, her her whole like playing fast and mean with the the, the PR guy when she's trying to get set up this interview for someone because she's working for PR for Evil Corp, and 
the, the other women like nagging her and her, like she was a bit of a stupid bitch. Yeah. You know exactly what she was playing at. It's like she was yeah. very clever, and it's like, well, you know this is the plan. Why yeah. you like going, going to the boss? Basically. It was very satisfying her telling her to get the fuck out of her cubicle. Um, it, was. it was very satisfying. That said, though, Angela's in a really dark place right now because Angela mm. is just as lost as Elliot is, just in a really different way. Because yeah. she's been eaten alive by the the machine, as it were, and her conversation with the lawyer specifically just told me how lost she was and it goes back to all the way back at the start of season one when she's in that meeting with uh colby and they get her kicked out of the meeting and she feels like she's not worth it worth anything this is what angela really wants and really needs is to feel like she's worth something to feel like she's important to something and she's being seduced as it were by the dark side to feel that yeah uh and then the self-help thing was just <laughs> really depressing to watch it was, but it's it's it was really just a case of hammering home. This is what she needs. Yeah, so I'm not sure where they're going to go with her. I, I, it can go one or two ways. I can see it being almost like this fallen angel antagonist to Elliot along the way, or as someone who's going to have a redemption arc. I'm not really sure what way they're going to go with it. I'm inclined to think redemption. I, I'm inclined to see them running it parallel to Elliot. They're both trapped in their own prisons essentially hmm, yeah. whereas where, where one's metaphorical but and then they'll kind of be parallel for most of the season I think oh, one prison's metaphorical the other one we have a metaphor is, is illusionary yeah it's <laughs> hiding the real prison yeah yeah uh, oh, god damn this show uh, but no so uh, I, I believe in anything I think we've covered all the main character stories in the second half uh, we did Angela done uh, I think we're done everything. Yeah, I think that's everything. So, yeah, the whole the whole mental uh, therapy, like psychiatrist. Uh, I don't want to say asylum, uh, <laughs> but essentially an asylum. <laughs> to point out something mildly interesting, you know, uh, uh, sort of point out to me, you know, the whole control and illusion thing, which mm-hmm. is what, the big thing at the minute. Um, Mr. Robot said that to Elliot when they were on the Ferris wheel in season one about the whole. Like about like Ecor and stuff like that, you know. And he was explaining their plan right, near okay. the start. It might have been the first episode, one of the first couple, first two or three. And uh, he he says to him, "Control is an illusion." So it's like this has been there a while. That idea. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Uh, Esmail yeah. seems to have things fairly well mapped out here. Seems well put together. So I have no no doubt that. So I'll be interested to see how this. Uh, this prison mental ward, um, like Ficad, let's see how long that holds up. Is this going to be a whole season thing? Like, who is Mister Robot? Is this going to be something that we get? I can through? see them doing like a really interesting thing of like bits of it decaying, along with his mental state. I don't think we're here all season though. No, maybe half. Yeah, I can see it not lasting as long as that, because I think. I think we are smarter going into this season after last season. We're expecting them to trick us. We're almost trained. It's like, it's like we've been trained in the the way the show works, and that's why Elliot flipping it and saying he doesn't trust us works so well because it it's like, all right, you know how it works. Well, fuck, I'm not going to play by the rules, you know. Like, and yeah. that, this isn't Elliot. This is the writer. This is him saying, look, you know how this works. I have conditioned you to expect this, so now I'm going to fuck with you and do different things. So. No, it's, uh, it's it almost stuff. feels like the the prison angle is there 
so that we feel a bit safe. It's like, okay, we get it. They're playing something smart. I'm like, we know we know what to expect, sort of thing. So then they can just kind of keep our attention on that. Kind of what they did with the Mr. Robot. Like we, we Our attention was all on that. Yeah, it's a misdirection, almost. Not that yeah. it's wrong. It's still correct, probably, but... It's... But it's there just to keep our attention. Like They'll give us just enough each episode to make us talk about that more than anything else, I think. Yeah. Well, that's uh, episode two, second half of the premiere. Uh, we'll, of course, be back next week for episode three. Let us know what you think of the episode in the comments below. Did we miss any clues, hints, theories, all that stuff? Uh, like and subscribe and all that jazz. It helps us out a lot. Thanks for watching, guys. We'll see you next time. Thank you.